We're going to talk to my friend Gail Trott, a longtime friend of my radio program. She's got a great new book out called Right in the World. All right, Gail Trotter is a longtime friend of my radio program. She's an attorney, she's a podcast host, and she's author of the new book, Right in the World, and she joins us now. Gail, welcome to the program, Salem News Channel. Great to be with you, and I'm so excited to tell you about my new book. All right, so this is a collection of essays of yours. Yes, through the years in the wilderness with Barack Obama, and then President Trump, and now President Biden. And it goes through a lot on Hillary while she was stirring up trouble and talks a little bit about radical Islam and tax policy. So it's all the things that, all these issues that Americans have had to deal with over the last 10 years and how we are where we are now. You know, we were playing a clip of Jen Psaki earlier saying that two-thirds of the voters are with the Democrats on, on the abortion issue. I don't believe that for a second. But No way. You know, I was reading an article today in Reuters about, about this group of women that they had sat down. They had this roundtable with suburban women, some Hispanic, some white, some black. And the, the Reuters writer couldn't believe that so many of these women care more about the border or inflation, or the price of a gallon of gas, or baby formula, than they do about Roe v. Wade going back to the states. That's right, and we keep hearing the left and Democrats cry about democracy dying in darkness, and yet if this decision is released the way that we think it will be released, it is returning the power to the people. It will be the exercise of democracy, and citizens will be able to convince each other what sort of limits they think are reasonable on abortion. And unfortunately, as we know, Hillary Clinton and the Democrats went to the extreme of abortion, and we saw that with uh, former governor of Virginia, Northam, who was talking about having abortions even after birth and to keep the child comfortable. So I think that most Americans are reasonable. And when you ask these surveys about Roe, they're designed to get a certain result. And they don't dig down into what people, and particularly these suburban women that this article was talking about, really think about abortion. And so this decision, if it ends up being handed down by the Supreme Court, which as Justice Thomas rightly said, will not be bullied and will not be intimidated by the street gangs of the extreme left, then you're going to see that the choice is going to be returned to the people the way that it should be. And I think you're going to see citizens trying to persuade each other, hopefully not going into churches and uh, calling out crazy things, but actually engaging in civil conversations on this very important issue. Uh, are we supposed to believe that if the Democrats had a 6-3, 5-4, depending on which side of the bed John Roberts gets up on the morning, do you, do you, we're supposed to believe that if they had their chance to overturn Heller or even better, Eisner v. McComber, the, the net worth tax, that they wouldn't take it and run? Absolutely. And I think it's important to drive home that the Second Amendment is in the black and white text of the Constitution. And this right to abortion was found in the penumbral emanations of the shadows of the 14th Amendment and other amendments. And so you see the Democrats continue to try to wipe out 
the 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 constitutional rights that are right there in the text of the Constitution and continue to add these rights that are nowhere in the Constitution. And I don't know if you've had a chance to read the draft opinion authored by Justice Alito, but I recommend everyone read it because it is a beautiful masterpiece explaining why Roe and Casey were wrongly decided in the first place. And I think that will give people a lot of uh, ammunition in order to have conversations with community members about why this decision should be overruled, Roe and Casey. I did read it as a non-lawyer and the explanation that in the states, people are supposed to convince one another of these things, that this is not the federal government's responsibility. It, it makes sense, it's the 10th Amendment. But it's also no small, and I've been saying this to every guest before you, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, as much as she was, and I, I, I've been saying it not to, to satirize it, she would have asked for a bowl of popcorn if abortion was being performed uh, in front of her. She was you know, adamant about abortion rights, but she too thought the decision was poorly decided. And if anyone goes and watches that speech she gave at the University of Chicago on the 40th anniversary of Roe, she said she thought this should be decided in the states or at least the state courts. That's right, and she would be utterly sickened by the efforts from the left and the Democrat Party to intimidate the current justices. Like we saw Senator Chuck Schumer was standing on the steps of the Supreme Court a few years ago when the Supreme Court looked at another abortion case that came before it, and he was talking about the whirlwind that would come after the justices and they would have to pay the price. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was best friends with Justice Scalia and she really respected the institution of the Supreme Court. She didn't want the court to be expanded and she would be completely horrified by these efforts of the left to go to the homes of these justices, some of whom have young children, as we know, and the, they have neighbors and family members, and to try and shout them, to shout at them and intimidate them to change their opinion on this case. And the fact that the group that is sponsoring some of this is called Ruth Sent Us, it is really a travesty to invoke her name in order to do something that any clear thinking person would realize that she would completely reject and disapprove of. Yeah, you can't say this is what democracy looks like and then demand nine unelected people start to make laws. And I think reading some of Ginsburg's quotes and, and writings on that. She wanted something that was more solid, like a piece of legislation, but really in, in the states. But this is something that the left has been doing and the Democrats have been doing for quite some time, whether it's same-sex marriage or you look at the Paris Climate Accord. Uh, presidents can't just bind the United States to agreements. They, if, if they do, they exist only until that administration comes to an end. If you have a vote in the Senate and you get a treaty ratified, then it has it has power, it has footing. But just for Barack Obama to say, yeah, we're in, that's not how this works. And you might remember that's what was done with the nuclear deal with Iran, too. And there are the, these efforts to get around the constitutional protections for our system of checks and balances in order to ram through this extremist leftist agenda where the American agenda supported by you know all reasonable people is just thrown aside and you see that time and time again you saw this with the obama administration with the trans issue in women's sports and i find that 
highly outrageous that we're seeing women's sports being attacked, attacked. And that started with the Obama administration when they sent out this Dear Colleague letter to all K through 12 schools telling them that they needed to get with the trans agenda or they were going to be threatened with loss of funding. So you see this time and time again with the left where they're trying to get their personal policy preferences uh, enacted by the Supreme Court, which is not an enacting body. It's supposed to interpret the law, what the law is, and to be independent and fair. And yet you see Nancy Pelosi, Biden, Jen Psaki trying to influence the Supreme Court and not respecting that as part of our constitutional system, an independent judiciary is critical. Yeah, well, we have to call it now MSNBC host Jen Psaki because she has passed the torch to Karine Jean-Pierre. And if you ask her any tough questions, it's because you don't respect the first black lesbian to hold that position. I have to leave it there, Gail. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you, as always. All right, once again, the book is Right in the World and is a series of essays.